Welcome back, everybody, to Doctor Who, a podcast in space and time. I'm Holden B. Huffman, and this is... In No Coffee. And today we are discussing Season 1, Episode 8, Father's Day. So, would you like to start us off? Uh, yeah, so um, actually before we get into the episode, I did want to um, just mention one point. I was listening okay. back to um, the episode Dalek, and um, mm-hmm. so so during that episode, we kind of got into a discussion about sort of like the parallels between like Nazis and Daleks, and I, I feel like we maybe weren't quite like clear on our, our point with that, so I kind of wanted to like Okay. And muddy the waters a little bit because I know um, I know Nazis are kind of a, a touchy subject for very obvious reasons. Um, right. So I think what we were trying to get at, and we kind of got at it in a very roundabout way, was that like so ideologically, there's a big similarity between Nazis and Daleks. Like mm-hmm. there's you know this I mean, ideology. Even, even Peter Capaldi said in an interview, it's they're 100% based off of them. Yeah, like it, it's it's a very clear connection. Um, like we we see, you know, this idea in both of like racial purity and this idea that there is like a superior race that is right above others, and like any inferior races are to be either like enslaved or destroyed. Like that's mm-hmm. you know that's very obvious with both the Daleks and the Nazis. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously both of those groups, like, do horrible things in pursuit of, of that kind of ideology. Um, and I think what, what we also tried to kind of get at was that, like, while they are ideologically similar, the big mm-hmm. difference there is that, um, you know, Nazis, like, they did the things that they did because they subscribed to this ideology sort of like, you know, they had, you had Hitler and you had him saying these things and, and, you know, you had people listening to these things and saying, yeah, that, that seems, you know, that seems like something I can get behind. Right. Or, you know, they were soldiers that enlisted in the army and like it ended up, um, you know, when the war started and, um, you know, you, they 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 had like very, like, they 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 did the things they did because they had subscribed to this ideology, basically. Whereas the mm-hmm. not the uh, the Daleks were literally like created to have this ideology within them. That's that was right. like their that was their purpose in mm-hmm. being created by Davros. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think I think that's like kind of the point we were trying to get to was like they're they're similar ideologically and like in some of their actions, but they're different right. in that like you know one were like people who like made these choices to do these things, and the others were created creatures that were literally created to do these things. Right. So I just wanted to like you know sort of sort of clear the waters yeah. there because I, I think I think when I think you know, when we were talking about it, like we were kind of understanding what each other was saying, but I don't know uh-huh. if we got the point across like very clearly. Okay. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. You're more than welcome to do that. It's your show too. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I just I wanted to yeah. say it before, like we, we had people sort of not 
understanding where we were coming from with that. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to be clear about like things that are, that are like real world issues. I want to be clear about those. Yeah, definitely. I totally understand that. Uh, so yeah, let's get into the episode then. Um, I think it's a, it's a good episode. I really, I really enjoy this one. Um, mm-hmm. I really like it as kind of its own, um, again, it's almost like a self-contained story, but it's also, I mean, th- this is what the season has been building up to, you know, with, mm-hmm. with Rose. Right. You've seen her whole story kind of almost triangulating upon this point. Right. Because like the doctor, um, uh, where is it? Where is it? Okay. Uh, the doctor said like, um, when I asked you to come with me, you said no. Then I said time machine. And Rose is like, it's not like it was some plan. I'm like, yes, it was because like in, um, the unquite dead, it's mentioned about her father. What's her name? I can't remember her name. The, um, the the girl, <laughs> oh, hold on. I've the got girl who somewhere, the girl who lived on the rift. What's her name? Um, Gwyneth. Gwyneth, yeah, yeah, Gwyneth. Um, like she said, you've been thinking of your father a lot lately, haven't you? More than usual. Like that's like a that's a pure like yeah she's planning on this. See, I I don't know that she was planning this specifically because, like, I think the reason maybe she, she didn't have it, like, all planned out and maybe she had, I mean, maybe she had some idea in her mind that, like, mm-hmm. that this was possible. But the first round through here, you know, they, they go the first time and they watch, you know, Peter get hit by the car and, and him pass away on the street and Rose doesn't do anything. Um, right. And I, I think in that moment, she was going to just like leave it at that. I, I think she was still unsure what she was going to do. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, after, after she saw, like literally saw him die right in front of her, that's when she decided, no, like I have to stop mm-hmm. this. Um, right. I, th- I think like maybe she had like, maybe she had it in her head that like it was possible to save him. But mm-hmm. like, I, I don't think she really decided she was going to do it until she saw, she like actually saw him die. Right. That, that is, that is a good point. That That is very possible. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I thought going into this, I was going to be like, not very much on Rose's side, but I, I get it. Like I really get it. I, Man, I do too. I, I do understand why Rose did it. Was it the right thing? No. No, obviously. But not, I can but understand why she would want to do this. Yeah, she she made a very like poor choice, but it was a very human choice. It was a very and it was right. I mean, it was it wasn't motivated by self interest. It was motivated by you know by love for her father. So like, I don't know. I I really. Like, I, I don't love Rose every episode, but I really sympathize with Rose a lot in this episode, and I really understand where she's coming from. I do, too. Like, like I've said in the past, I don't really like Rose. Like, I don't hate her, but I don't particularly like her. Like, this is one of those episodes where I'm conflicted on that. 
it's like like she's okay but her decisions are not yeah i think and i don't know that we've gotten really specifically into the main issue with rose i think i think the main issue with rose is that like she tends to do a lot of things that are self-serving Mm-hmm. and not really take others feelings into considerations particularly right. like with mickey and you know sometimes with with her mom sometimes with the doctor right um well i feel like we haven't really gotten into those issues yet is because we're not there yet there are more episodes in the future that really particularly get to that issue and we just haven't gotten to them yet right yeah but i mean even in the episodes we've seen like so far um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's kind of an issue we see um right you know her her i mean she she does like really just kind of like ditch mickey at the beginning and, and she runs off without really telling her mom what's happening and yeah and then I, they so and then they just so happen to come back a year later by mistake and there's the consequences for that right yeah um but i, I think um i don't know in this episode i, I really don't see that self-serving side of her being her motivating factor i think like, right. she really is she really is motivated by you know by like love for her father in this episode mm-hmm. um which i don't know like maybe you could argue that she is being kind of self-serving because like she's literally never known her father so how could i mean it's hard to love someone you've never really known right um but you got to also remember her mom has built up her dad so much. Like yeah. this is the most wonderful man ever. And then and like, that's a big moment in the episode when she realizes he's not who she thought he was. Yeah. And I really liked that. I really liked that. Um, we kind of saw that facade kind of being torn away between like this mm-hmm. sort of mythical father that, you know, she thought she knew and the real man who, who existed. Right. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed to Pete's whole journey throughout the episode. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. No, he was, he was great. Pete was great. Yeah. I thought I had the thought like during the episode that he would have made a great companion because yeah. he, he picked up on the sort of time travel shenanigans what was happening there pretty quickly. Um, right. He, he figured out that Rose was his daughter, which, you know, that's kind of a huge leap to make, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think he was, he was very clever to kind of put those pieces together and say, Oh, of course. Um, yeah. And then late later in the episode, when he kind of realizes, um, you know, what he has to do to fix everything. Um, I think we, we get a really great moment of um, just a great moment of acting from, I'm not sure who the actor is, but, um, but his, when he's looking out the window and watching the car like pass by mm-hmm. and you can just, you can just see his thought processes. Right. Like, all yeah, over that his was, face. that was some really good acting. Yeah, like he didn't say anything. There was no dialogue to that. You could just tell, like he he knew what had gone wrong and what he needed to do to fix it. And right. then you see him go through like the resolve of, okay, I'm 
literally going to run out in front of this car to to save the world. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was a great moment. Mm-hmm. And a good character arc for him. For like, because like in the beginning, we realize he's not really who he is. He's kind of sleazy, not yeah. responsible. Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, because um, Rose had kind of built him up to be this like really um, kind of flawless family man right um, and that's not that's not her fault that's jackie's fault right yeah that was that was what jackie presented because she wanted rose to have mm-hmm. the father she never had but i think also in a way i think she wanted rose to have the father that pete never could could have been right yeah i i wrote that down rose needed a proper father so she made him one yeah um and you know when rose and and peter having that conversation before um you know when pete realized that he wasn't supposed to be there he wasn't supposed to have survived that um you know rose is talking about him taking them on picnics and um you know him always being there for her and he realizes in that moment and he even says he says that's not me that's right not who i am um which i thought again another great moment of mm-hmm. just another great character moment yes him definitely really being him really being honest with himself and with with rose for the first time in the episode because you know up to that point he kind of anytime he was um anytime anybody's well that um but but also like anytime someone would say something negative about him you know about his failed businesses or his you know um his flirting with other women like he kind of deflected it and almost Mm -hmm. tried to keep up the same facade that jackie tried to keep up that he was you know he was this this brilliant man um right but in that moment we see him finally admit no i'm i'm not perfect i'm not the person that you think i am right it's such a such a beautiful moment um yeah a lot of really just a lot of really good moments Mm. um okay the the one of the beginning scenes um when jackie and pete are getting married mm -hmm. i had the strangest feeling that was a shotgun wedding (laughs) okay yeah um it kind of did feel that way um because like jackie's just like oh go on with get on with it especially considering pete didn't even know her full name (laughs) right uh it was like he was he was learning her full name there at in the middle of the wedding yep uh also, can um, we just talk about the rage and the fury in the doctor's eyes after Rose saves Pete? Oh yeah, a lot of I mean, a lot of great acting from uh, Eccleston. Eccleston, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, it's just a lot, and he he's very good at conveying so much without really saying anything. Like just with mm-hmm. his looks, his. Um, his demeanor mm-hmm. and like um, along with the silent treatment like he like the camera just kept going back to him and he's just staring at her not saying a word yeah 
Like that was a really good moment. And I, I enjoyed too when he um sort of brought up the comparison like between about him like not or b- between him him not going back and stopping the time war. Mm-hmm. Um and what she was doing at the at the time saving her father. Um I thought that was a great compare yeah, that's a really good comparison of like why he can't why he couldn't go back. Yeah, and I think, you know, there was there was definitely some like resentment there with him like saying, you know, almost saying like why 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 do you feel like it's right for you to do what I never chose to do? Mm-hmm. Um and maybe kn- maybe a tad bit of jealousy, you think? Like I think probably so, yeah. Like you were able to get your father back that easily. But me, I have no one. Yeah. And like, I think and also like he had like you have Jackie, your mother, you have Mickey, you have all these people. I have mm-hmm. no one. Yeah, for sure. And you know, obviously he knows the consequences. He knows what would happen right. if he were to try to go back and stop it. We see mm-hmm. in this episode what happens. Um, but I think still, like, yeah, there there's definitely I think some sense of jealousy there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thought it was really, it was very nice, but also very doctory that the doctor knew what needed to be done to fix things the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think Pete maybe mentioned that. He did. He did near uh, when he was putting his um, jacket back on when he, when he was about to go out and throw himself in front of the car. Yeah, but like, yeah, of, co- doctor, of course. The doctor figured it out a long time ago, but he was trying to spare me and you from that again. Yeah, and I thought that was very, that was very good and very doctory. That's a very doctory thing to do mm-hmm. to like try to, you know, defy time itself um, for the sake of someone you love. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, um, I mean, he loves his companions. He loves Rose. Um, right. He he just loves people. And I think, you know, after he met Pete, like, I think he really, he loves Pete. Like, you know, he's, he's the doctor. That's, mm-hmm. that's the doctor is someone who's going to love people and fight for people. Right. Regardless of who they are or whether or not they should exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there was a lot of, there's several really good lines from the doctor um, talking about just like the importance of people. Um, yes. I wrote that down. Uh, you two street corner three in the morning, getting a taxi. I've never had a life like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, and this was after they said they weren't important and the doctor's like, who said you're not important. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, and then another one. Oh, this was after um, after Rose saves her dad, and um, you know she's trying to kind of justify herself, saying like, "I didn't." It's not like I saved someone important. And the doctor says, "An ordinary man—that's the most important thing in creation." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's—I mean, really, kind of what this episode is about in a way is just the importance of one person 
Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll see a lot more Doctor Who episodes down the line that are kind of about the same thing. But I think yeah, there is really- one. In, uh, there's one in particular I'm thinking about, and I think you're thinking about it too. Yeah. Um, but it, it's. I don't know. I, I think it's a big theme in Doctor Who that we kind of really mm. start to see with this episode. Right. Can we just mention that we got Rickrolled? We did get Rickrolled in this episode, <laughs> which this would have been definitely before Rickrolling was a thing, right? It definitely, it? yeah. I, I don't know. This is 2005. Hold on. We're going to find out. Okay. <laughs> well, while you find out, I'm going to talk about Jackie's perm. Let's talk about Jackie's perm. Yeah, Jackie's <laughs> perm was just very permish. It was very, very big and fluffy. And that's one thing I really enjoyed about this episode um, was that, okay, 2006 was when the Rickroll started. So yeah, this was before the Rickroll. So this was, this was like ahead of the game on the Rickroll. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed just like the, the subtle, the subtle 80s vibe of this episode. Right, it wasn't something like um, Stranger Things or, right. say, yeah. even player, re- ready, player ready Player One. one. Right. Yeah, and, you know, like, I like Stranger Things, but it's very in-your-face with, with the 80s references, you mm-hmm. know. And this one, you didn't really get much of that. I mean, I guess Rick Astley would have been, like, I don't know, I guess that would have been a bigger 80s reference, but... Yeah. Otherwise, you know, it was very... Um, it, it was a background element to the story mm. and it, it right. framed the story nicely and it made it convincingly fit within that, that time period, but it wasn't, mm. it wasn't in your face and it wasn't really like playing off of nostalgia, which this mm. was way before the big eighties nostalgia craze. Started. Right. Right. I mean, they were, they were only like, you know, mm-hmm. barely 20, barely like 15 years out from the 80s but um right yeah but, I, I liked how they handled the setting i thought mm, it was very well done a brief off topic thing about stranger things in season three of stranger things there it the scene where uh dustin comes back from camp mm-hmm. and like 11 moves all the toys around and everything Mm-hmm. There's one toy in there that's historically inaccurate. <laughs> it's a transformer. It's a generation one transformer. And Kendall, you know me and my transformers. This season took place in the summer of 1985. It's impossible uh-huh. for that transformer to have been there. That transformer wasn't released until 1986. That's right, Stranger Things. Eat it. <laughs> you got it wrong, boy. Do better Sorry. next time. <laughs> Sorry, that's the Transformer nerd in me coming out. You think you're for the nerds? You can't even get Transformers right. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay, back to Dr. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to our Stranger Things podcast. <laughs> Where we point out all the historical inaccuracies in Stranger Things. <laughs> Hey, there's a podcast. Anyway, back uh, to Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, um, the Doctor was totally going to leave Rose there. Uh, yeah, he probably thought about it. No, he was. He went to the TARDIS. 
and he opened up the TARDIS. Only reason he didn't leave was because there was no interior. <laughs> I'm telling you, because as soon as he saw no interior, he went running back. Yeah. I think he I probably would have, like... I think he probably would have, like, felt bad about it and come back, but I think he he, he might have left her for a little bit. Yep. Uh, also, can we talk about Little Mickey? Uh, little Mickey. The line when uh, Mickey comes up and, like, hugs hugs Rose and Jackie's like, oh, he, he clings on to anything that passes. And <laughs> I was like, well, nothing else, nothing's changed. <laughs> uh, and also, the, you mentioned the actress playing young Rose was really good. Like, just, it, she really looked like a younger Rose. Yeah, they did a really good job, um, like, finding someone who looks like, um, who looks like a young Billy Piper, for sure. Mm-hmm. Which is something Doctor Who is really good at. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see some, like, good examples of that later in the se- in the show mm-hmm. as well. Um, let me see. I had wrote down, yes, Rose, it's all your fault. People are dead because of you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me. It's hard because, like, obviously Rose couldn't have known the consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, it's not like the doctor sat Rose down and said, hey, if we meddle in time, there's going to be weird bat parasites that are gonna it's true it's very true he never did kill people yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that's like something the doctor tends to be bad at is really explaining the stakes to Mm -hmm. the companions Mm -hmm. um i I mean i think like the doctor kind of treats traveling through space and time as just it's going to be this fun like exciting adventure Mm -hmm. until something really bad happens right well you gotta you you also gotta remember he's hundreds of years old he's been doing this a long time right he keeps forgetting these people don't know it's like something you're good at and then when you see someone trying it for the first time you're like you idiot this is so simple yeah and I, i think i don't know like the doctor definitely has a bit of a lack of perspective there as far as right what's going to how humans are going to like react to things, how they're going to think about things. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know. He, yes, he is really, he's been doing this for a long time and he, he doesn't really think about it, but he also has been traveling with humans for a very long time as well. So Uh I don't know. In a way, I feel like by this point, he should know better. Right. (laughs) He he should know, like, this is kind of how humans operate, and maybe I should explain things to them a little better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I can't, I can't, like, completely blame Rose or the Doctor in this situation. I think they they both are, like, partially to blame. But obviously it was Rose who, who made the choice that she made. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, I think, like, also maybe if the doctor had laid things out for her, she might not have done it. I don't know. Yeah, that's very true. Um, that's all I have in the non-spoiler section. I don't know about you. Um, let's see. I think my only other, like, non-spoiler thing was uh, I was going to talk about the, the creatures, which um, 
I think they were they they were a good idea, but mm-hmm. the special effects weren't really no ready to handle them. No, um, I I don't know. They they looked pretty rough, which they did. I think we've seen some rough special effects up to this point, but I think this is probably like the mm-hmm. roughest we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, but like counterpoint to that, all I the really... all all the money went to the Dalek. All the money went to the Dalek. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, but like as a counterpoint to that within this episode, um, I really liked the effects on the car. I thought like the way it was like phasing in and out through like mm. these. Yeah, that was, I thought that was, was really that cool. was that was really good. Yeah. Um I think, you know, they they did something really cool looking with one, so I guess they had to like make sacrifices with the other. <laughs> um but, yeah, um uh, that's all I really have though as far as non-spoilers go. So let's get into spoilers. Spoiler warning. I can't can't believe believe Rory dies. What? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say the doctor, but... (laughs) I was going to say Rory. Okay. (laughs) Because, I mean, the doctor actually does die in this one. (laughs) The doctor does, like, actually die in this episode. (laughs) And and does not regenerate. No. Which, um, I guess because they were, like, time... The the um the doctor called them bacteria at one point. I guess mm-hmm. since they were like time fixing bacteria, right? They, they were could... sterilizing everything, so I guess that includes him. <laughs> yeah. Um. Which I didn't quite understand that comparison either. Yeah. Um, to me, it would have made you would, you would think that they would have just come for Pete. Right. Um. Right. With with like a um. Oh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? With like an antibody, I think I think antibody was kind of like the idea that they were trying to get across. But an antibody would like specifically attack the like source of the harm, um, whereas I think like more of what it looked like was more like an infection, um, you know, like an infected wound. Um, Dude, I got, I, a, is, I, I got a D in biology. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's why he said bacteria, but that's not really... Bacteria don't really, like, sterilize a wound. They just, mm. like, infect it. Like, that's that's kind mm. of opposite things. Right. Um, so, I don't know. It, it didn't quite... Like, I'm no, I'm no doctor. I've, you know, taken, like, college-level biology, so, I, like, I can get by, but um, I... I, don't I mean, think. I have two, and like I said, I got a D in it. <laughs> yeah, that that one just it didn't quite make sense to me the way he explained it. Mm-hmm. And in general, the creatures themselves were just kind of messy because we never see them again. Yeah, we we do not see them again within the show, even though we have similar situations similar situations i guess we don't exactly have this exact situation again um but you would think later down the line we would see them again but we never do yeah um which it's not a problem in with this episode specifically i think it's just more of a problem with the way new who is handled going on after this episode right because in this episode we kind of get an explanation as as to why we haven't seen them before um the doctor explains that the time lords used to prevent Mm. things like this from happening right and that would explain why we never saw them in the classic 
series because the Time Lords were there. Right. So the Time Lords would have fixed things before they came along and and mm-hmm. did their thing. Um, but you, yeah. A- after this episode, though, there's we'd never see them again. There's no mention of them again, and there's really right. no explanation as to why they never return. Right. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with Chris Chimnall. He just sees something and just goes, eh, screw it. We'll forget that ever happened. Yeah. And, but even like within, um, I don't know, even within like the same showrunners. It's true. Yeah. No, Moffat has done it himself of like, oh yeah, I forgot I did that. Oh, well. Yeah. And I I think like Moffat gets a lot of flack for it, but I I don't know that we see so much flack from uh, Davies for it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, yeah, Davies does the same thing. I mean, they all do the same thing. Like every showrunner kind of yeah. has things that they kind of forget to bring back up later. Or right, and that's you know. my big. That's one of my biggest problems with the show is the continuity. Yeah, like in some um, instances, I can understand. Like if time is rewritten or something. Right, but this is this is less of a specific event continuity and more mm-hmm. of a specific truth of how the universe works and it's it's weird that something like that is just mm-hmm. kind of tossed out the window afterwards right and i'm like you could also you could argue to say the day of the doctor is like that but to be fair they've been leading up to something like that ever since they restarted the show back right yeah i think i think davies maybe he didn't exactly have that plan in mind but i um, I'm I'm pretty sure the day of the doctor was like, wasn't that kind of like something he had kind of had in mind though? Like, didn't didn't Moffat kind of talk to him about that and say, hey, it's possible. You... I've not read any interviews or seen any interviews about that. Okay, so I can't say for sure. Yeah, I want to say I've read that at one point that you know Moffat kind of consulted with Davies and said, hey, I know you had this big plan mm-hmm. for. Um. Oh, I wanna... oh! I know what that is. I know what you're thinking. You know what I'm talking about. I've read. That. Yes, it was with Peter Capaldi. Okay. Because Capaldi appeared both in Doc- Doctor Who and Davies Eras, and then Torchwood, which was another show Davies made. Okay. And like he had a plan for why this person was showing up twice. Okay. Series. That's what it was. And Moffat consulted him on that when Capaldi was cast as the doctor. Yeah. Um, I mean, even so though, like I know we, we don't necessarily have any like evidence for it, but I could, I could almost see it being the case that like maybe Davies had something like the 50th in mind eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm sure it would have looked much different than what we saw. Right. And, um, um yeah, yeah, because, it, I mean, it really seems to be the arc that the Doctor is, like, moving towards. Even even starting here, you know, we already see the Doctor kind of showing, like, that both he regrets the Time War, but also has thought about going back and changing it. Right, and like Matt said in the 50th, I've been, I've th- thought about it for centuries, I changed my mind. Yeah, so like, you know maybe the 50th wasn't really like maybe Davies didn't have anything in mind for it or anything in mind for like going back and changing the way the time war was, but 
like it, it was a natural progression of that arc. Uh-huh. It felt it felt natural. It didn't feel like just a sudden 180, you know? Yeah. That's all. That's, that was my only spoiler note. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I know that was a lot, a lot of, like, speculation. And, uh, again, we, we don't really know, like, what Davies had in mind. But mm-hmm. I, I guess my point is I just, I just think it, it felt natural instead of feeling like something retconned. Right. It felt like it was it was respectful towards what Davies had written before. Yeah. And like, um, I, I know off it at one point, like you knew he was going to like during like the forest of the dead and um, silence in the library, silence in the library and forest of the dead. Like you could tell it was leading up to something with river song. And like right. that, that's when like Moffat knew that was going to be his, I mean, when Davies knew that was going to be his last season and Moffat was planning to take over. So Moffat planted seeds towards his. Yeah. And I really wish we had gotten something like that with Chibnall. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't know, like it, you know, we'll get to it later, but the right, things Chibnall he, has done yeah. really do feel like that complete 180, that kind of doesn't really connect with anything that came before. Mm-hmm. And like, I like some of Ch- I I really do like some of Chidnell's episodes in his running. Oh yeah, for sure. But there's just some that is just like, it completely retcons a ton of stuff, but that's getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's all for today. That's all I've got. Okay. So join us next time when for Doctor Who Series 1, Episode 9, The Empty Child, where we meet our favorite um, side companion, I guess you could call that person. You know who we're talking about. Yeah, it's Captain Jack Harkness. It's Captain uh, Jack Harkness. Captain Jack Harkness. He's the best. Bye. See you, then.